0: As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey, sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey, sis, welcome back to In the Middle with Myra. And as always, I am just overwhelmed by the fact that you keep tuning in, listening to me (laughs) and what I think I have to say. But I am hearing you. Um, and by hearing you, I mean by your emails, your texts, your DMs, your um, comments about the podcast, um, your comments in the Facebook community. So it is reaffirming and reinforcing the need for this space. And um, when I intro the podcast some months back, I told you that we were going to be talking about everything related to life after 40. I'm talking about teeth hair, money, finances, and yes, we need a little more Jesus. Y'all know that song? It's a song by Erica Campbell. And so many of you might be caught off guard by this week about how much I'm going into Bible, but I just believe that that is the anchor by which everything else makes sense. So this week, if I'm catching you a little bit off guard, just trek with me. Um, most of the time it's going to be topics infused with Bible, but every now and then it's just going to be Bible. And that's one of these weeks. And so what I'm doing this week is going back on messages that I've spoken on, uh, that, that I've used at different events and where I was a keynote speaker or presented workshops. And I'm dusting off the archives of my notes and bringing those back to the podcast. So um, we're talking about women of the Bible this week, and I'm doing five podcasts very quick each day this week talking about women of the Bible. Monday was Eve. Make sure that you read Genesis 3 to get the backstory of Eve and then listen to the podcast on Monday, which is podcast 15A. And then yesterday, Tuesday, we talked about Sister Sarah. So if you want to get the backstory on Miss Sarah, make sure to go to Genesis 16 and and read the story there. And today, we're going to do a double. We're going to talk about two sisters, Mary and Martha. And we talked a good deal about Martha last week in podcast number 14. And I'll put links in the podcast to all of the podcasts that I'm referencing. But we talked about Martha last week because Martha had this mentality of she had to do things. So let me back up. Let me go and give you the scripture reference and then give you a summary of the text. But I encourage you on your own time to go read the story for yourself. So it was in Luke 10 verses 30 through, through 41. And so what had happened? <laughs> My Oak Cliff coming out, y'all. I don't run from it. It is what it is. What happened was um, Jesus came to Mary and Martha's house and he was sitting and teaching. And so you can just imagine the number of people that were crowded around and not only the number of people, but the types and the caliber of people. And so you know how it get when you have a visitor like it could just be your auntie or your friend. You still like, listen, I need to make sure that my floor is vacuumed. And I want to make sure that my ceiling fans are clean. You get your kids with buckets and y'all cleaning baseboards because there is something about my home represents me. And even if (laughs) I have to open up every closet, And throw trash in it, I'm going to present with my best face forward when someone comes to visit me. You know how your mama and your grandmama was. But Mary was the opposite. See, Martha was like, I got to get my house clean. I got to cook. She was in the kitchen. She was doing all the things to make sure that her house presented well, to make sure that people had a good experience, to make sure that Jesus was taken care of um, in the things that he wanted as far as food and drink. So she was working. Nothing in itself bad about that. But Mary was the opposite. Mary said, this is Jesus. And I want to sit and soak up everything that he has to offer. And normally Martha is the one that gets the bad rap. So I'm going to start with Martha, but I'm going to throw a little bit of shade at Mary on the back half of this message. So stick around. But Martha, God told her, because what happened was when she saw that Mary was not helping her with any of the stuff of the cooking, cleaning, preparations, attending to the people and their needs. And Mary has the nerve and audacity just to be sitting and chilling. Well, I'm running around sweating out my perm, trying to get this, <laughs> trying to get these people taken care of. Martha went to Jesus and was like, Jesus, you need to tell Mary to help me. And Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, Martha, like Mary is doing the best thing. Like he told her you're doing all the other things, but there is only one thing that is required. And that is time with the father. And that's what he was encouraging. And so I want to talk to the Marthas again, but I promise you, I'm going to get married too, because I know the Marthas of the world are sick of people ragging on them. But trust me, sis, I got married. I got her a little bit later. Okay. So if you are a Martha, this is what I want to tell you. And I want to encourage you to listen to the podcast last week. But this is how you know if you're Martha. Is your house a place of work or rest or refuge? Like, does your husband, do your children, do people feel that this is the workhouse? We feel tense here. We feel that this is the house where, um, we're always doing something, always having to be up, moving around. Do you make people feel like your house is a place of work or do people get the overwhelming sense that this is where I rest? This is my refuge. This is my house of safety, of love and laughter. So I'm not saying let your house just go to pot, j- j- just go nasty, but overwhelmingly, what is the majority feeling that your children, your family, your friends get when they visit your house? Is it a place of work or is it a place of refuge and rest? Another way to know if you're a Martha is does your family spend much more time clinging or cleaning? (laughs) And by clinging, I mean, is it about us being together relationally? talking, getting to know one one another, talking about everyone's days or are they always cleaning or things like it. Much like the first example, but is are you always having people doing as opposed to being? Mm. Sis, that's the big one. Are you and your family are you more so doing or being? And by doing, I mean task. And by being, I mean existing with one another, Um, just being around one another, getting in each other's spaces and faces and places and talking and loving and learning. If you are more so doing, then yeah, you're a Martha, sis, and it's a little bit out of order. Another way to know if you are an extreme Martha is if you are often upset. That nobody works as hard as me. If every day in every place you are just overwhelmed with the thought and the feeling that you are always the hardest one working, then maybe, just maybe, it's because your standard of what work should be, what work should look like is maybe a little bit too high. There's nothing wrong with excellence. There's nothing wrong with efficiency. But if you most often find yourself in places where you are always the hardest one, then that's probably a false perception based on your unrealistic expectations of others and yourself. Don't be a Martha, sis. Another way to know if you're a Martha is for if you are always tired. Because when you have unrealistic expectations, if your perception of what work is, of what almost this perfect standard and a feeling that you have to do all of these things, then you are going to run yourself into the ground. Don't be a Martha. And then number five, if you give your family and friends most often the rest of you and not the best of you then you are likely a Martha. I know for me, um, there was a particular job that I had and I loved it. I was a manager. I had um, at 1.13 buildings under me and um, that's what I do well. I manage people well because it's just, I know how to validate and esteem and affirm. And because of that, what I call the pre-process of management When it comes down time for me to like issue out a mandate or tell someone to do something that they may not want to do because I've done the pre-work and the prep work, it just seems to glide and I just, it just works. And I just love management and I was being a beast at this job, but by the time I got home, I was snapping, popping off just out of order because my family was getting the rest of me and not the best of me. Because in that particular job, I had so many functions. And for that season of my life, when I had small children, it was not the best job for me because I was forced to be a Martha for like 10, 11 hours of my day. And by the time I got home, I ain't want nothing to do with these people here. (laughs) So for that season, that job, was not for me. I could not be a Martha. Um where sis is your family getting what's left over, getting the rest and not the best, because that's one way to tell if you're a Martha or not. So, some ways to move away from your Martha-like tendencies is to make exceptions when necessary. Don't be so rigid. Being rigid doesn't make you weak. Um being, re- I'm sorry, being flexible doesn't make you weak. Um, sometimes moving from what you laid out as the law is not going to make your kids unruly. Sis, it's okay to um, move from what the original plan or mandate was if the spirit of what you're moving from from it for is more important. Um, another way to move from your market-like and tendency- tendencies. Is to have a schedule, but build in fun and relaxation to the schedule. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with the schedule. I need to put my life on paper sometime. But one thing that we often neglect to do is to pencil in a nap, to pencil in fun time with your children. If you are a scheduled person, make sure Martha, sis, that your schedule reflects the rest, the relaxation, and the family time. Another way to move from your Martha-like tendency, sis, is to make sure that you are not living up to, or attempting, rather, to live up to a standard of perfection. You're not going to meet it. And if every day or if every situation you have unrealistic expectations because of this um, perfectionist tendencies, you're going to be a Martha because you're going to always find something else to do, something to make it better, something to make it more, something to plus up. And you don't want to always live in a um, in a constant state of how can I make this better? What's next? What can, else can I do? Um, don't be a Martha. Number four, ways to move from being a Martha is learning when relationships outweigh the rules. We are built to bond. We feed off of each other's energies. We um, feed off of touch and hugs and laughter. When, my friend, do you need to throw away the rules and say for this particular situation, the relationship is what is more important. When it goes back to Jesus sitting in front of you, teaching you, Martha, when is it time to leave dirty dishes in the sink and sit at the feet of Jesus? So I'm gonna get off of Martha because she gets a bad rap. But if we did not have Martha's, This world will be chaos. Somebody has to wash the dishes or we're going to have ants and rats. Somebody has to get the kids to their appointments on time or our kids are going to have cavities in their teeth because the dentist is going to keep canceling our appointments because we're late. Somebody at work has to be at the meetings, has to send the emails. Somebody has to do the stuff. If it was not for a world of Martha's, this world would be jacked. I get it. And I have to say, if we had too many Marys, life would be tough. And here's where I raise my hand. I am more of a Mary. So what I want to make sure to do is to stay true to the scriptures. And I want to make sure you all know that Jesus said that Mary was doing the right thing, sitting at his feet, um, postponing all the tasks to make sure that she was in the presence and soaking up Jesus himself. So Jesus told her, yes, you, Mary, have done the right thing. But what I wanna do is take a little bit of liberty and say, if we have an extreme Mary-like tendencies, and this is where I raise my hand, then we may just have a problem. Since if you're always neglecting the details, if you're never on time, if you're never doing the work well, if you're never doing all of the things that keep the ball rolling in life, because you, like me, can have this more willy-nilly, focus on the fun, just floating, let just let the day, however the day unfolds is how it unfolds. If, if that's how you always live in your life, We may have some opportunity area. And I'm saying we, because this again is where I raise my hand. So, this is how you know (laughs) if you are an extreme Mary. All right. Are your finances out of order because your spending is just so undisciplined? If you see something, you want it. Carpe diem, I live once. If I want it, I'm going to get it. If that is you, then you might be an extreme Mary. Or how about every trip that your friends or family take? You are there. You don't miss anything, not a date night, not a girlfriend's um, weekend, not a road trip, but every single trip that someone volunteers or invites you on, you're there. Despite your schedule conflicts, despite your financial conflicts, but you're going to be there. You're going to find a way from hill or high water to be on that trip. Y'all ain't leaving me. <laughs> you have extreme FOMO, fear of missing out. And because of that, you always are at everything, even if or at the expense of something else in your schedule or your finances, you just might be in extreme Mary. Or how about if just you live just in a general state of disorganization? You often are losing things. Um, that's me. <laughs> you often forget things on your calendar until the last minute, which forces you to have to scramble, or it even impedes on someone else. Um, I have to say that this often happens with me. Um, I'll have something on my calendar, and I forget to tell my husband, and I'm like, ah. Can you take the kids with you to your barbershop appointment? And I know that's not what he likes. His barbershop appointments are sacred. Him and all those dudes in there chopping it up about random barbershop talk. It's not locker room talk these days. With my husband, it's barbershop talk. And so because I neglected to tell him that, oh, I'm going out with the girls for lunch. I'm like, can you take the kids? And he's like, no. Like, I don't like taking the kids to the barbershop. And in my mind, I'm like, but you can. You're being selfish. Just take the kids. And he's like, I'm not being selfish. You are now impeding on what I do and what my routine is because you now are letting me know about something that was on your calendar for two weeks. That's because, Mary, <laughs> if you're like me, you don't often or enough or adequately plan and organize your day. Um, another way to know if you're a Martha. I'm sorry, a Mary is if you watch an extreme amount of television or social media, you are likely a Mary. <laughs> Listen, I am pointing the finger at no one in this area. I don't watch that much TV, but social media can take up a lot of my time. However, I have set limits on myself because I know that I have Mary-like tendencies. Um. I have like no phone zone times where no matter what, unless it's business, I'm not on my phone. There's certain times of my day where I am not going to touch my phone because I have to put these limits on myself because I have this Mary-like tendency. So if you find yourself constantly watching marathons of Law and Order... If you find if you find yourself often into the wee hours in the night on your phone scrolling, you may have some Mary-like tendencies. And so there's nothing wrong with being a Mary, but there is something wrong with having these extreme tendencies. So how to bring your extreme tendencies of a Mary just back into proportion? It's simple, just a few tips. Number one, set budgets and limits. Set budgets on your finances and your spending and set limits on your time. Number two, um, set agendas for your days, weeks, and months. Like it's difficult for me to be a planner, but I have to make myself plan. And so oftentimes actually writing those things down helped me. And then number three, it is being conscious of others around you and their workload and responsibilities. That's a big one. Sometimes we as Marys need to look around and make sure that we assess carefully what others are having to do, oftentimes because of what we're not doing. So the third thing that you need to do, and this is the biggest one that will bring you back into a safe, merry-like zone, is making sure that you have empathy, compassion, and awareness for what others are having to do around you. Because when you see that and see it clearly, if you have a heart, it will, it will um, and I use the word force, but it will almost just compel you. To do more because you want to operate from a spirit of fairness as well. So that, ladies, was a little bit about Mary and Martha and um, finding yourself in one of these sisters. And tomorrow we are talking about Lot's wife, the woman who turned to a pillar of salt. Can't wait to talk about that. I know we talk in Bible It may be throwing some of you off. Others of you are right in your zone, and your happy place. (laughs) But whatever the case may be, I promise you, everything that we talk about is targeting us, women after 40. And what I want you to um, apply to your life with these biblical principles is how can I, a woman of my age, learn from these women? And many of us at 40 are the Marthas that have spent a lifetime working, constantly being the doers. And we have convinced ourselves that if I don't, no one will. And because that is the frames and lenses by which we look at life, we have not yet fully been honest with ourselves that we got it wrong, that we are an extreme Martha and we have forsaken relationships and our own health because we're always doing. Could that be you, sis? And if so, how can you bring that into a better proportion. And then marries the me's of the world, <laughs> the free-spirited life of the party. But we come to the party, but we forget that somebody told us to bring cups and forks. And because we don't think about the details, yeah, the fun can start, but nobody can eat because I forgot the plates. <laughs> And so, sis, if we um, learn from these women, I promise you just even one or two things, it will make your life better. Because we understand that getting older with style and grace ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. So why not us and why not you? And as always, choose to make it a great day.